You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue on with our Nip Tuck rewatch, still in season two, and we are on to episode two of season two, Richie Benno's favourite episode, Two from Two. And this episode is entitled Christian Troy. You may have heard that name before, perhaps. First aired on June 29th, 2004. It's always a fun time to talk about Christian Troy. And let's start this episode off by saying, My name is Ben, and a scrotal melanoma is a stain I don't want on this birthday suit. And I'm Nick, and down, down... (laughs) I can't go any lower than this, sweetheart. Um, <laughs> we should script these and we can totally, like, role-play it. Um, we're, we're off to a good start, I feel, in this season. You and I are both very high in this season, but uh, I think this is another decent episode. We've got, we've got our first episode here named after one of our main characters, so uh, I guess that means that we always know we're going to have a fun time here. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And, uh, you know, this is another one that just carries on from our last episode, which is just it's just a bag of fun. It's, you know, Christian, Christian at his best straight away. And, um, you know, but but still some some fun issues to talk along the way about. Yes. And, uh, well, we definitely get our very interesting way to start this episode. <laughs> um, we get lots of uh, bottoms and sex bits in this one. Um, one of the more graphic sex scenes we've had. Uh, because here is a lady performing, uh, let's just say fellatio on Christian. Um, and Christian's kind of giving her notes, um, before deciding to, um, sit on his face. There's nothing, there's nothing else I can say about that to make it, uh, not exactly what it is. Um, but- I do like, I do, yeah, the the whole sequence when we find out she's allergic to down, she sneezes, and whilst her vagina is on Christian's face, she sneezes and breaks his nose. Um, I really don't know what else we can say about this scene, Nicholas, because uh, it's it's certainly an interesting way to start an episode of Nip Tuck. Well, it's the, it's the kind of thing that only happens to, to Christian, isn't it? Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of just perfect Christian, really. I mean, you... This is this, this is the character we've come to to know and love and getting himself into trouble. And uh, I do like the line, you know, straight away when when he gets into work after this, and um, you know, <laughs> and Liz says to him, "What happened? Your husband came <laughs> yes. home early." <laughs> oh, it's so good! It's so good. And this is again another one of these situations where let's just say I've been educated by Christian Troy because. Yeah, I'm not even going to continue on with that sentence because let's just say watching this episode makes me scared to do certain things uh, when it comes to <laughs> faces and being sat on. But um, anyway, uh, yes, we get the great line. I really need to learn to when to shut up sometimes, don't I? Um, th- it's This bit, this is kind of interesting how we're talking about this episode. There's something here that really, really annoys the shit out of me. And again, I'm, I don't know if I'm really nitpicking. So we get this scene, you know, Christian comes in, he's got the broken nose talks about what happened and sort of pisses Liz off that she walks out. And then we get Sean and Christian having a bit of a conversation. And then uh, Sean says something like, oh, you know, what have you got now? And then Sean, uh, Christian's like, I've got, a, I've got an operation at nine. So, okay, we kind of get this scene where it's Sean's not operating and Sean clearly has no idea what's going on. So he's out of the loop. He doesn't know what's happening. But, but then we get this scene, next scene, Christian's about to operate. In comes Sean. Hey, I'm fine. Cool. And then he somehow seems to know a lot about this patient, that it's pro bono, that it's, you know, he can't afford it. Didn't he not only find out about this patient like five seconds ago? 
Yeah, it's slightly concerning, isn't it? Like if he's if if you're about to have somebody uh, go under the knife, uh, you know, you want your doctor to be well informed about what's happening. Mm, I just and you don't you don't get that impression here. Do I, you? I mean, I'm, I kind of think it's more the case that maybe Sean's just like. You know, maybe he's just pretending that he doesn't know what Christian's doing. I don't know. He just he seems to be dumb one minute, then he knows too much the next. So it's interesting. We obviously get Christian's looking over his nose. Uh, sorry, Sean's looking over Christian's nose, um, and then sort of talking about it. But then, what do we get here? The twitch um, as Sean is cutting into what is this thing on his neck? Um, like what? What? What are they called? Is that not a gallstone? Am I thinking the wrong thing? No, gallstones. Gallstones like in the gallbladder. Which okay, is well like, there you go. See, I'm clearly not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is this is some kind of gross growth on the side of his neck. It's then uh, they do mention exactly what it is, but I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Mm, and he gets the twitch, and basically we've got a bleeder. Uh, um, so no, it's just he's a pumper. I'm thinking of um, there's something about Mary apparently, um, but then we, you know, he obviously stops it. He fixes it, but all that blood on Sean's face, like on terms on that um, on his mask, like I'm guessing that's not very sanitary. Like I mean, that's the reason why they've got the mask on. But I mean, that stuff's soaking through that mask. Surely, I mean, he's getting blood in his mouth. That's not cool. Yeah, they get a couple of scenes where he's like, you know, you can see him breathing like super intensely fast, and you know, like you can just see the the mask kind of going in and out, in and out, in and out, and it's. I think that's uh, that's really interesting that they kind of. I don't know if that was a deliberate move or whether that's just a side effect of, you know, what they're doing here. But I think yeah, it, it's quite effective. And yeah, this is a pretty disgusting scene all around. There's just blood everywhere. And if you're not into blood, you're not going to be enjoying this scene. That's for sure. But uh, for me, it's yeah. I think it's kind of this realism that this this could happen at any time. And you know, it doesn't always. Nothing always goes to plan. And you know the whole thing of you know was this a twitch and i mean is is there a visual for you is there a visible twitch here that you see um from him as this happens or or is is. it more kind of fake so we can so there's definitely there's no ambiguity that this is definitely because of the whole situation with his yeah um you know with the twitch right i think i think there definitely is a a real a, a moment where you do see it um and yeah, I just think kind of how it's all played up on too, you know, just the look on Sean's face. Like, even, it's not like straight away he's like, that wasn't me, that wasn't me. You know, he he knows. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I think there definitely is a moment there where you can see it. Yeah, okay, well, that's cool. And that that makes that really easy that we can, um, you know, it's not it's not ambiguous. We can just straight away say that that's definitely Sean's fault. And, uh, yeah, and then obviously we, you know, you head into the scene where, you know, he's, he's trying to do the whole tell me what you don't like about yourself to, to Christian. And Christian's got no intention of talking about that. He wants to talk about what's happened. And, you know, of course he does. You know, he's not going to want to gloss over that fact, which is exactly what Sean wants, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, dude, you just nearly chopped a guy's head off, I think, as he puts it later on in this uh, episode. And it's, uh, I like the bit where, um, Sean's sort of looking over him and Christian like flinches and he's just like, it hurts. (laughs) Like, you know, he's trying to be nice and obviously say he he doesn't, you know, not trust him. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting way to, to, to start this. Um, because, you know, we get a lot of stuff this episode, don't we, in terms of Christian and his nose and, um, you know, the lengths he goes to to try and get this because, so basically his nose is broken, but they need to like, fix it or reset it or whatever um i mean look again i'm not a doctor clearly i think the gallstones in your neck or something like that but um it's 
uh, can't they do that like at the um at the hospital? I mean, is this the thing in America that if you get your nose broken, stiff shit, you got to fork out extra money to go to a plastic surgeon? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how the the American medical system works, and I'm quite pleased that I don't. That I don't. Have, <laughs> that's something I don't have to worry about. So yeah, I'm I'm quite pleased about that. I must say. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how this all works. All I know is that Christian's a, a plastic surgeon, and his partner's a plastic surgeon, so the, they should be able to figure this out themselves, really. Maybe it was a case of, you know, he went to the emergency room or went to the doctor and they just kind of said, oh, we can do it, and maybe he was just like, no, I'm a plastic surgeon, I can get my partner to do it or something. I, I don't know, possibly that kind of is um, where it goes. Uh, obviously, from here, we uh, we go back to the uh, most, you know, attractive-looking high school in the world, uh, in Miami, um, where Matt is casually chilling, walking through the school with his thumb in his pants. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, why is he walking is around with his thumb in his, like, crotch? Uh, <laughs> it's, what else are you going to do, really? I would guess, yeah, Miami schools. Why not? Um, I love how he's, like, he's walking through and he's kind of, it's almost like the scene where, like, he knows everybody's going to look, hey, hey, how you doing? You know, Mr. Popular. Um, yeah. but then, then all of a sudden he's got a couple of people standing at his, you know, outdoor locker. We've got some detectives from Miami day police. And, um, my first thought of is, uh, oh, clearly another gerbil has been murdered. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking it is the same guy. eh? Like <laughs> this is the same cop that was around at Julia's place. Like with the, with the, um, killed gerbil. This is the same thing. Like. Is, are they so low on cops that everybody has to do everything? Yeah, I mean, this is a city of, like, a million people, and you've got one detective working the beats of animal murder <laughs> as well as rape and hit and runs. Um, I mean, yeah. like, I realise detectives have to be, you know, a wide variety of skills, but I can't imagine that a detective is needed for the murder of a gerbil, which later is, you know, not even a an arrestable offence. You've got to go to animal training therapy, whatever the hell it was. Um, and, but yes, here we are. But at least he's got a partner this time around. Clearly, you don't need a partner with an animal murder. But when there's rape and hit and runs involved, you need backup. Um, well, I, I think maybe what we're going to assume here is that um, this detective, whatever the hell his name is, has uh, he's had a, a a massive promotion since we last saw him. <laughs> he solved the murder of Frisky. You get a promotion, yeah. son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, you're now dealing with rape. <laughs> Just straight to that. <laughs> that's, that's a really awkward thing for me to all of a sudden burst out in laughter at. But it's... <laughs> It's just the way you put it. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, do we see this on CSI Miami? You know, the the uh, the, the basic, um, you know, from moving up in the world uh, to to getting from a, a promotion, from solving that gerbil, gerbil murder to well, you get to investigate rape now. Yes, I'm moving up in the, the police force. Um, he's only, like, three steps away from the terrorism squad, I feel. So, um I have to assume that this guy's going to be leading the investigation on the carver when we get to it. It has to be. be. There's only one cop in Miami because Horatio Kane is too busy uh, with his glasses (laughs) and his one-liners. But, yeah, basically we find out that, yeah, Kara has been raped. This is, I think, you touched on in the last season about do we find out what happens. And, yeah, I remember this, that fact. Basically, Henry has raped Kara uh, walking home from school. And, um, you know, terrible, obviously, and kind of Matt's finding about this about the first time. Um, we'll obviously touch on this a little bit more throughout this episode. Um, but kind of from here, we cut to Christian in a, in a doctor's surgery where we uh, meet this character. And I look, he does say his name, and it's, it's really not that important. I know him purely as Emery Dick 
because that probably sounds weird and you're thinking, oh, oh, where's Ben going with this? Going back to last season where I'm talking about Ryan Murphy using actors from the great show Popular, uh, here is another one. Uh, if anybody has watched Popular, you will easily know who Emery Dick is. He was uh, very memorable. Let's just put it that way. And um, here he is, sitting in the uh, the, the room. Uh, Hank Harris is the actor's name. Calvin Murray is the name of the character. But, um, you know, Mr. Third Nipple, which is interesting, Nick, because uh, within the within a day of recording this episode, I've just recorded um, a Double Oz 7 episode, available now via iTunes and Stitcher, um, and we did The Man with the Golden Gun, which also involved a third nipple. So I'm surrounded by third nipples at the moment, it seems. Do you have a third nipple, Nick? Um, no, okay. sorry. I was trying to make a funny line there, but I didn't have one. Okay, well, you know, we could we could have thought of one, edited in there and made it sound hilarious, but uh, that would involve effort and clearly we're lazy here on the Oz Network. Um, yeah. I do like, I like how sort of Christian basically, you know, turns him away to go to his office. And what's he, what's he um, say like, oh, I'm embarrassed to tell you what it is. Like the only thing to be embarrassed about is ignoring a doctor's free advice to which he then lifts his shirt up. Like, wouldn't you just tell him? Wouldn't you just say I've got a third nipple? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know what you don't want to um you know well i mean we're, we're showing not telling here aren't we this is the the medium of tv and we can't just um, immediately go straight to um i've got a third nipple you want to see it don't you well i mean i i say that in the loosest possible terms i don't want to see it but uh yeah i'm sure somebody does i mean it'd be different if he said i've got a third testicle or something like that then it's kind of like okay uh but i like how he kind of tells him to come to his uh they're like what 9am and he's like well, this says 10am it's like oh but it's filled with beautiful women i'll make some connections to which we later find out christian's not even there so do we get this scene of like poor old uh, calvin murray sitting in the waiting room surrounded by beautiful women just you know feeling self-conscious about his third nipple yeah apparently so and of course you'll have to deal with um, awkward as hell sean as well <laughs> which is you know <laughs> you know <laughs> nobody wants that no no uh then we see christian we meet monica um, this very important doctor that we meet for one episode only. <laughs> but uh, clearly, again, there's more plastic surgeons in Miami besides uh, Christian, Troy, and Merrill. So uh, here we go. He's Monica. Um, I wonder if she's related to, um, if she has a relative who's a psychiatrist who has similar type of hair. I, I wouldn't know. I don't know any psychiatrist who would have that type of hair. Oh, Nick. Okay. I mean, pff, I, oh, okay. it's a weird thing for you to bring up. They'd be like, oh, I wonder if she's related to a, a pizza delivery with that type of hair, you know? I mean, sure. <laughs> Where are you going with that? It's just something to keep in mind, you know? I mean, <laughs> you know, I like to keep the threads together here. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, just something to think about. I, I thought, you know, she could be related to, uh, you know, somebody who died of breast cancer, sadly, in the last season, you know, Megan O'Hara, perhaps. Yes, that's correct. That's yeah, maybe where that's you, you know, I don't think she was, she was, she was a chiropractor. And I, was, I know it's often uh, hard to confuse chiropractors with uh, psychologists, so maybe that's where you're going with that, Nick, perhaps. Um, not sure. Um, we then, I mean, we not really much really to say here if you've got anything dying to add on the, uh, you know, the very important meeting between, obviously, Christian is there to get his nose reset because he doesn't trust Sean. So I guess there is slight importance to it. But, um, you know, Monica's pretty useless, let's be honest. Other than that, you know, no matter how familiar you are with this doctor, do you really go in and put your arm around her as you go into the consult room? <laughs> Even even for Christian standard, that's that's pretty cocky. It's just it's just horny Christian. I mean, I mean that's you know basically what he's all the time. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's strange really. But um, 
Yeah, just I don't know. This whole storyline kind of with this kind of seems a bit weird. I mean, I guess I know we get it. and He's got a high libido. He wants to bang every woman. But, I mean, it kind of is just like he goes out of his way to go see this doctor so what later on he can get a bit horny. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a bit strange. But um, we cut back to our uh, man with the gallstones on his neck. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> it's gone and his wife. I kind of miss it. <laughs> like, that. Oh, it was part of you. Oh, is that the most romantic line ever delivered over the grossest thing on somebody's neck? Probably, yeah. I, I actually do quite like the line where she says, you know, I love you for your flaws, not in spite of them. I think that's quite a nice a nice line if I'm um, being serious for half a second. Um, I do quite like that one, and I think it, it kind of sums up a lot of what the show's about, you know? It kind of, to me, almost came from the George Lucas school of romantic one-liners, but I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, there's no sand, and it's coarse and rough and gets everywhere, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> I guess that's something. Uh, but basically, Sean, you know, he wants to go home, and Sean says, well, you've got to stay in a bit longer. You know, we have a bit of a problem, but he basically blames Liz. Uh, by saying it was an adverse reaction to amnesia, you had a twitch, and I nicked an artery. Uh, I love how he's just so casual about it. You know, I mean, let's be honest. If you're in surgery and somebody nicked an artery, I'm kind of going to think that's one of the first things you're told when you woke up. Not just like, oh, by the way, you know, just in passing, kind of nicked an artery. Got to stay in a bit longer. Lol, sorry about that. Yeah, I think it's a. <laughs> you might you might rush to that that bit of news rather than just casually dropping it at the end of your your console. You might actually uh, focus on that one a little bit. But uh, you know, Sean Sean's a different man. He plays by his, his own rules, doesn't he? Well, I think this is also the level of guilt that he's kind of feeling, isn't it? The way he just kind of casually drops it in conversation there. Um, but then we get uh, Nurse Linda. Hello. Uh, there's a man who has to see Sean straight away. Uh, and it's Henry's dad, who I thought we didn't see at all, but we see him for like all of three seconds at the end of this uh, episode. Um, but basically, he's there to tell Sean that uh, Henry is telling the police that uh, Matt and he were involved in a hit and run. Oh, no, what's happened here? Uh, we then cut to Julia and Sean grilling Matt, who has grown a mullet, it seems. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed Matt's mullet. Um, that's all I was staring at. And the other bit that I, you know I'm going to pull this out of here because they're at the table, they're grilling Matt. Oh, did you r- run over somebody? Oh, clearly he's only making it up. Oh, by the way, got to go and get Annie. Where is she? Why do you have to go get her, Julia? What are you doing with your eight-year-old daughter just pawning her off to just random strangers? I mean, what are you doing, you useless mother? <laughs> Looks looks pretty late at night as well. Exactly. I mean, where is your eight year old daughter? <laughs> what is she doing? Working at McDonald's or something like that? Like, where is Annie? <laughs> Hashtag where's Annie? <laughs> we actually know. Yeah, we- I think. You're- Sorry, you go. You're I'm, I'm too angry. I'm too angry. No, you, you just let me calm down while you talk. Go for it. I think I think the answer to that question is hashtag who cares and clearly not the story writers. <laughs> where Annie is, it's like, let's just drop a line as to where she might be. <laughs> I, th- I think we, we kind of need to touch on something here is the fact that, um, you know, we need to start, uh, you know, bringing Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson here to every time we see Annie, we're going to start going, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you yeah. okay, Annie? Um, yeah, I think that might be a good idea, actually. You know, oh, I just... I've lost the point of this scene, but um, essentially, Sean uh, clearly thinks that uh, Matt did it because, you know, he's, he says, like, oh, I thought it was a bit weird that all of a sudden you're just talking about this random girl I've never heard of before, you know, were you involved? Um, I've put here, hashtag poor Matt. 
um, because, you know, he's sort of talking about, oh, I'm sure, who does he say about it? I'm sure he'll believe me. Um, it's not really poor Matt. Matt's kind of lying here. This is kind of hashtag poor Matt, even though you did it yourself this episode, I would say. Yeah, I think um, this is an important this this episode and this this moment, uh, not this moment particularly, but uh, later in the episode, I think is the real turning point for Matt, really, isn't it? Where you know, hashtag poor Matt and hashtag what are you thinking, Matt, kind of start to to you know collide with each other, really, because I think there's only so much longer we can start feeling sorry for Matt, and we have to start thinking about why he's doing the things he's doing. Yeah, I mean, as we kind of touched on. You know, it's not always just poor Matt the whole season. There are definitely moments where it's like, whoa, Matt, you idiot. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's interesting how it, it all goes about. But, I mean, you know, Matt's getting a bit of a storyline here. We didn't really get anything from Matt last episode except for, you know, cheesy, oh, it's because he's getting old line. Um, but, hey, it's still more than Annie. Where is she? Hashtag Annie, are you okay? Um... We then cut to Sean and uh, third nipple guy, Emery Dick, <laughs> sort of asking, where's Christian? How is he just gone in to get a consult and surgery on the same day? Uh, again, are we just over-reading this or back to when they said at the end of last season when their books are filling up and the beginning of last season where it was like a three-month wait, Yet here he is, he's rocked up on the one day on the basis of a quick referral by Christian Troy and bang, 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 he's already in surgery. Yeah, but he's obviously just got the, the fast track to two nipples. Um, whoever's helped him out there, they uh, have not messed around. They've, they've got down to business pretty quick. Maybe it's just a really simple operation. Uh, you know, there's not much to it. <laughs> Maybe. Just cut around it. Bang, it's gone. To anybody listening out there, if you've ever had a third nipple cut off, maybe message us in and say, yeah, it literally took five minutes, you know. <laughs> Did it over my lunch break. No nipple. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it is that simple. But uh, we get uh, Liz kind of going off at Sean. Uh, what does she say? Machines don't make mistakes. People do. That kind of scares me for the future of humanity when it comes to things like Terminator and The Matrix. Uh, <laughs> you know, just me getting a bit worried there. Um, and then we get, uh, was this, Christian comes in and talks about how, well, Sean discovers that he's, he's met this, uh, third nipple guy in another doctor's surgery. And what does Christian say? You've caught me. I'm cheating on you. And then Christian, the way he sort of got sat there and says, Oh, this partnership's a joke. So that's Sean, he says that. Um, and then we get this great little argument. Because it's it's so true, kind of, we we touched on this in the last episode about how it's Sean who makes all the mistakes. So, you know, Christian brings up, you left the quarterly tip in Mrs. Grubman, you were the one who nearly chopped his head off. And I guess this solves the issue that we kind of touched on back in the Great Adele Coffin episode about when Sean walked out of the, the board review. It's mentioned here, he failed the boards. He failed the review boards. So... Okay, we're just ignoring the fact here that Christian mentioned about all the implications that would be there about, you know, failing the boards. So, Sean did fail them. So, how the hell is he still allowed to operate? Well, he obviously must have gone back and, and um, reset it and passed. I mean, that, he wouldn't be able to operate without it. So, I mean, that's just a that's just a given, right? I mean, we um, it isn't actually stated, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm assuming anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's true. They kind of did go over that a bit, didn't they, with that? Um, but I, I, I do like how kind of we get this real sort of argument, the tension, and then Liz sort of chimes in, you know, oh, is this pistols at dawn or should I get started? And then, um, yeah, basically 
Sean just can't do it. Christian's, you know, give me the scalpel, give me the scalpel. A great song in the background. It's called Just Let Go by Fisher Spooner. I do love Fisher Spooner. It's the second um, Fisher Spooner song we've had so far in Nip Tuck. So clearly Ryan Murphy does like them. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, what's your thoughts, I guess, on the on the, this little tension between Sean and Christian before we get to uh, dear old fucking Erica Norton's back in a minute. But, um, yeah, what, what's your take on, uh, on, on this sequence? Well, I think it's funny, like just going back to that earlier scene about, you know, yes, you caught you caught me, I'm cheating on you. And, you know, and I think um, it just goes back to, you know, Christian does this really good kind of sarcastic. Like it goes back to, you know, last time when, um, you know, like what was it? Oh, when, um, when Christian was sewing the wrong finger on yeah. and, you know, and, and Liz, goes, Liz goes and gets Sean and Sean comes and he's like, oh, hey, dad, you had to pull the car over. Yeah. You know, just like, <laughs> just really good at these like sarcastic lines when he thinks Sean's like belittling him and that's kind of his way of dealing. That's kind of his coping mechanism, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is really interesting. And, you know, again, we're back to where we were kind of in the last episode in the last season where, you know, it's just this ongoing tension between these two and, it's, you know, it's not something that's a boil over at this point. It's not something that's, um, that's really going to be a problem but there is going to be situations later on in this you know in in this series where this kind of you know the issues between the two of them and the conflict that's there between the two of them is going to reach you know real boil over point Mm, and it definitely a lot of it comes in this season too so uh yeah, it's definitely, it's building there. We uh, see dear old Erica, yeah, she's um, she's taken her, her bandages off and, um, you know, Julie just happens to be there and we kind of get this weird, you know, dialogue for a bit there when she's like, I'm thrilled with the results and Julie's kind of like, does it hurt? <laughs> like, it's kind of like she's wanting to be her to be in pain. And then she's like, everything throbs. And then we get this kind of interesting sequence where, you know, here is, here is, uh, you know, Erica. She's a psychologist, a child psychologist, as we learnt last season. I'm sure Annie sees her all the fucking time. Um, and then she kind of explains about, you know, Matt's transference with Sean and it's kind of, you know, juxtapo- juxtap- juxtaposed, I can't say that fucking word, you know what I'm trying to say, uh, of, you know, Sean's reactions to kind of watch this happen. And then it sort of, it goes through with this sequence of Sean being blocked in by a car and just ramming through and, you know, get him out and all this sort of stuff. And again, let's just point out the obvious here. Who the fuck parks their car like that in a car park? I mean, honestly, that is that is a multi-story car park. Even if there is not a space, who the fuck just goes, oh, I'm just going to park right here. I'm with Sean on this one. I would ram that fucker out of the way because that is bullshit. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you there. I mean, whoever was driving that car, um, they totally deserve what they got. Yeah, and, like, it's just... Oh, it's just, it's ridiculous. And, I mean, there's a there's a sequence we needed to see, a deleted scene, like, who's in that car? And, I mean, like, why has they yeah. got such a big multi-story car park anyway? Do we ever see the outside of Christian Troy, like, of Troy McNamara? Um, I think we do. I think there is a bit maybe in this season where we sort of see the outside of where their building is. But, obviously, to have a multi-story car park like that connected to it, it's not just their, their medical officers that are in that building. Yeah, well, exactly. There's obviously more going on, and I guess there's that possibility that, you know, they're they're part of a much larger kind of medical facility or, you know, even just an office facility or whatever it might be. Um, So, yeah, but he's got his car park that he pays for. He's there for 70 hours a week. He deserves to leave when he wants to leave. And uh, quite frankly, if I was working 70 hours a week, I'd probably want to just leave when I wanted to leave as well. It's... I mean, 70 hours a week, damn. <laughs> like, let's just, let's just side note that. I know we kind of, uh, you know, jumped ahead there, but in terms of that, but like, 
I, I need to. I'm, I've literally got a calculator out here because you know I I'm a stickler for for information, as clearly you know, because uh, I know where the gallstones are. Uh, but if yeah. let's hypothetically five day working week, seventy hours, so you're working fourteen hour days, people. So that is um, that is wow. Um, so I, I I too would be ramming cars out of the way if I'm fucking working fourteen hour days to get a car space, only for some douche, the biggest douche in the world who parks their car like that. I just, I can't get over that somebody literally parks their car like that. Is this a Florida thing? Uh, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I will say my experience of Miami in parking in Miami, uh, when we went to Miami Beach, we were like driving up and down the strip like over and over again trying to find a spot. And there was a car park there where we, I think, literally paid. It was like... 20 or 30 dollars for two hours or something it was ridiculously expensive um so maybe this is just a miami thing because people are so frustrated with parking they just fuck it i'm gonna park here <laughs> well maybe that's it i mean and it wouldn't surprise me um you know there's got to be plenty of places around the world where there's nowhere to park and people do this kind of crazy shit all the time we're probably taking it for granted in new zealand and australia we can park wherever the hell we like and we normally don't have these problems unless you're in goddamn auckland but that's a whole other story well uh you're we had a bit of experience with parking in uh auckland nick uh i mean i think we're still looking for the car aren't we uh at sky city um oh god yeah let's (laughs) let's not go back there Uh, just a special note out there, and I'm sorry if this comes across as sexist, but if you're ever driving with women, make sure that they find out where the fuck they park their car in Sky City in Auckland, because you'll be waiting around for about, what, two hours trying to find where you park it. <laughs> I've been there I've been there twice since then, and um, it took me five seconds to find well, my car. You and I went back time. there the next day. We were in and out, done. Off we pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god um that was that was fun actually now we can say it's fun at the time it wasn't <laughs> yeah yeah but uh back to nip tuck so uh but before we get to sean yelling about 70 hour working weeks um we get christian back with uh monica and um you know he i i guess i kind of can see why he's trying to hook up with her because you know he's he's implied that you know why do you want to come back for a second consultant you don't need that for a you know a rhinoplasty so he's typical christian you know coming on to her and it's not been a good couple of episodes for christian has it this is the second episode in a row where we're getting him you know turned down by somebody um but i i do like this scene it is funny and we've got a great song in the background. We've got Queen playing in the background, Body Language. Fantastic song. Every time there's yeah. Queen going on, you've got to put the special note to that. Um, but I love the way he kind of does it. And he's all like, oh, I need an all-over mole check. And he's like, sometimes I sunbathe in the in the buff. And he just rips down the, rips down the undies. Um, but uh, it's so funny. And then, obviously, you know, she kind of uh, counters it by basically saying, hey, you could use some lipo. You could do this. You could do that. And, I mean, good on her. Hashtag, you know, girl power. Um, but um, I like this scene. I, I, as much as I can say Monica's a useless character, there's nothing to her. But, I mean, I just think we'd get a great scene out of it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you, you've, you've got to give her, her her due. She's trying to get some money here. Like, uh, oh, no, you don't need that. But uh, I can sell you some lipo. Well. Definitely not going to miss an opportunity. 
it's um, and that's the thing. This is what plastic surgeons have to do. They have to steal their patients in um, you know, waiting rooms to get rid of their third nipples, and uh, obviously uh, offer free lipo. Well, not free, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yes, yeah, so we get to um, Sean complaining about his seventy hours a week. What does he say when he comes in? I need the number of our insurance adjuster. Now, what the hell is yeah. an insurance adjuster? I think this is a, we need to ask our American listeners this because, yeah, it makes no sense to me. Yes. I mean, this is, like, from an American, uh, from an Australian perspective, and I'm sure it's exactly the same in New Zealand, if you're in a car accident, you would say, I need to call my insurance company. Um, yes. But, like, is this just an American thing because they're always suing and there's insurance involved with everything that you've got varying different agents when it comes to, you know, like, never in New Zealand, I'm sure, is it ever uttered the line, I need to call my lawyer. Um, you know, like nobody has their own lawyer. So maybe in America, you have your lawyer, you have your insurance agent, your adjuster, your insurance sweeper. Uh, I, I don't your, know. Your law adjuster. Yes, your law adjuster. <laughs> or maybe again, it just goes back to the bad parking in Miami. That everybody just needs one of these because it's a common thing. Oh, you just, yeah, I rammed his douche's car out of the way because it was in my way. Typical Thursday here in Miami. I think it's definitely possible. I mean, we're we're learning about Miami in this one. That's for sure. Yes. This is this is definitely on our um, you know paying attention to the Florida side of things. It's um, you know Miami so far season two is becoming a bit of a star. We've got doctors' offices on beaches. Um, you know, bad parking. Um, we uh, we get this scene. Obviously, Sean kind of you know admitting about his stress and. Uh, you know, his, his tick and all this sort of stuff. And he's lying when he's like, could you still love me if I wasn't a surgeon? Wouldn't you just love Julia at that point and go, no, I couldn't. I just wanted to say that line. Um, and one of the lines there was Sean says something like, nothing wrong with wanting to be perfect. I mean, it's kind of like a throwaway scene in a way, but I think it's also, it's a, it's a very well done scene. And you, you sort of feel for Sean at this point. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, obviously, you know, the, the the bigger story here is that he's letting what's happening to him with, with the whole tick kind of get to him a little bit. So it's not really about the car at all. It's about everything else that's going on for him. And he's starting to feel, you know, less than adequate. And, you know, it's all it's all coming up for him now. And that's all getting a bit scary for him. So you're definitely feeling for Sean at this moment that he's not quite sure how to deal with this. He's always been at the top of his game. And all of a sudden, there's something happening to him that he doesn't have control over. And what's he going to do about that? And, uh, you know, that that's a tricky thing for him to have to deal with. And now on uh, the flip side of that, we then go to Matt in jail. Let's just say that won't be the last time we say that over these six seasons. <laughs> uh, but he's there to visit Henry. And, uh, yeah, we... we and this very interesting scene of uh, Henry kind of talking about what he did and kind of basically that if he can get Matt to go along with this admission of them hitting Kara, that they can basically plead insanity, well, at least uh, Henry can, and basically get away with rape. Um, I mean, it's sort of... It's, I mean, it's, be- it's well acted. This whole sequence is acted. You, you kind of, in a way, do feel for Henry, just, you know, the way he's sort of crying and begging, the way he's being dragged off. And, you know, clearly you can see that, you know, he's all beat up and been crying and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, you just, you feel for him in that prison situation. But kind of at the same time, he did rape an innocent girl who also was savagely, you know, run over and struggled to, you know, get proper medical treatment from her over-obsessed mother with religion. So, you know, I think if we're feeling sorry for someone here, probably Cara Fitzgerald. 
Um, but this scene when Matt's obviously talking about, like, you know, you disgust me and kind of Henry saying, like, you know, aren't you haunted by what we did? And, you know, it's all very religious for him because kind of wanting God to forgive him and all this sort of stuff. And then, yeah, Matt basically gets up, you're on your own, and then Henry gets dragged off and it's kind of, I don't know if ironic is the right word to use here, Nick, but the way he's all of a sudden saying, like, they're going to rape me, Matt, and gets dragged off. I mean, it's very intense. But, um... Yeah, it's it's kind of, you sort of feel sorry for him, but at the same time, you're really not meant to, I feel. Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, you know, the last episode, we talked a lot about um, the makeup on the show. And I think it's really subtle, but the makeup that they give to Henry to make him look, you know, really stressed, at, you know, like just the bags under his eyes and everything like that. He just has this totally different look from somebody who was pretty relaxed, smoking pot last season to suddenly this guy who's in you know really you know a terrible situation of his own making totally but you know they really do a good job and i think this actor you know he's not a a, a really important part of the show but he does a good job of, of really portraying this kind of um desperation i guess and so yeah you're totally right obviously the key victim in all of this is, is not on the screen and that's cara um but you know we get a really good scene here and you know, it's it's really interesting because this is where Matt's turn really begins. You know, suddenly he's not this kind of innocent guy. He, you know, something's happening here and, and he has to make a decision whether he's going to own up to it or not. And, you know, we're starting to see the beginning of, of what that decision will be. And this actor is uh, Andrew Leeds is his name. And I'm just kind of looking at uh, some of the things he's he's been on. He hasn't, I mean, he's actually gone on to do quite a few sort of other TV shows and Sort of, he's still working to this day. I, I do love actually here going right back to uh, the year 1994. He was in one of my favourite TV shows, and I hope this is one of yours too, Nick. Are Real Monsters, where he was the voice of a character called Jake. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, that's going back a bit. That's mm, that's probably my favourite Nickelodeon show of all time. I love Are Real Monsters. Actually, uh, he's actually his very first thing he was ever in. In 1992, was the Porky Little Puppy's first Christmas, where he was the voice of Herman. Of course, how could we? How could we forget? Oh, look! What a what a great film that was. Um, so from here, Christian is having sex again, but with Gina. Why not? Um, and it's kind of interesting, you know. He's actually, I didn't realize it was Gina at first because it kind of doesn't look like Jessalyn Grigg straight away. Kind of, I just think it's just the angle of the camera. Um, but, yeah, like, he's there basically saying, you know, tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me I've got a nice ass. <laughs> you know? And you, something, things that you often don't associate Christian with having to get, you know, this real fix on himself. And then, I mean, this is just douche Christian from this point on. I mean, let's be honest. When he's like, right now I'm imagining you as a brunette plastic surgeon. Uh, clearly what all the girls want to hear when you're having sex with them. And, you know, Gina rightfully turns around and says, what am I, just a hole to feel? Like, you know, fuck you. Um, and then you, I mean, you really feel Virginia here, you know, when she's like, you know, I went nine months without a sexual partner. I hadn't even masturbated. And Christian kind of just basically saying, you know, you know what this is. It's just sex. Um, and then, yeah, Gina owns him. Let's be honest with the whole sort of line about, you know, uh, in a, what did she say? Like in a, in a fit of karma, I can really see how ugly you are, not just on the inside, but on the outside right now. Um, so you know, again, intense scene. It's kind of interesting how we were talking about last episode, weren't we, about how it's great these two fight. They're so good at fighting, but it's kind of, this isn't a play fight. This is a, a for real fight. Like, this is a fuck you fight. I'm leaving. Um, and, it, I mean, it's 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 well-rounded, I feel. And, again, it's, a, it's, another, it's another great scene. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, these two just... 
they they're really just their lines just always sparkle and they seem to deliver really well these two obviously are really good at fighting with each other um and you know obviously christian's just looking for something that's going to make him feel better right in the moment and as much as i said you know and i've said a lot of times in this that you just can't help but love christian this is one of these situations where you really really find it hard to like him um you know he yeah he he just is pretty despicable in this moment really and it's all about him and he could give a damn about what she thinks my my question is where's wilbur and all of this <laughs> with annie uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the vortex of um of missing children in uh, Niptak. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's very true actually. Uh it's it's interesting actually kind of with Christian because whenever we get, you know, scenes of Christian is a douche, it's it's often really quickly kind of turned around, isn't it? And you you're often quickly then feeling for the guy again, you know. It's it's very rare that we get a Christian is a douche scene, and that's how you end an episode. I can I can honestly only think of one episode on the top of my head where Christian is a douche remains a theme for the entire episode, and it doesn't really get you know um, reversed. And I think, having said that, it's almost excusable in that episode based on events that have led up to that episode. Um, again, I can't really go into spoilers with that one, but I mean, I struggle to kind of think of it. But it's it's kind of it's interesting, isn't it? And it's, it's almost, again, the reverse of Sean. Whenever Sean is kind of caring normal Sean, as you would think it is, he's often the one who ends up an episode doing a stupid thing or sort of almost ending on an episode where you can't feel sorry for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, I think I think a, a lot of credit has to go to Julie McMahon because he makes this character who who could just be horrible. He he really makes him, you, you feel for him, and, and you somehow you manage to relate to this guy, which just seems impossible, really, but, yeah, you do. Now, from here, we uh, go to uh, sort of prepared to be a little bit grossed out, I guess, because Christian is about to do surgery on himself, it seems. Um, we get this great sort of music in the background, and we then get Christian in the in the mirror, and he's got his toolkit out, and... You kind of this is one of those bits where you're really like, going, oh, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, because he's got the the whole hammer and the tool ready to break his nose, and then we basically get the the cracking noise fade to black, and then we get Sean rocking up to Christian's house, and uh, basically, you know, we kind of get the makeup scene, I guess, between Christian and Sean in a way when. Um, you know, Christian's saying about how he understands his anxiety about, you know, how he was shaking just before, how he was doing it and, you know, talking about his face and all this sort of stuff. And obviously it leads in then to kind of Christian about to get surgery. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's again, we talk about how I guess we don't really get squeamish or anything a lot in watching this show, but this is one of those ones that even still, I know what's going to happen, but you're still kind of like, oh, don't do it. Yeah, no, this is one of those ones that I find really, really hard to watch. Um, you know, I almost have to turn away, like, the whole, like, putting needles up your own nose and things like that. That's just, that's a bit too much for me. Um, so it's funny, like, things I thought I would be okay with watching the show, this is one I just, like, really, really cringe and I find it hard to watch. It's kind of like the whole, like, you know, pulling fingernails out or something like that. It's just like, oh, you know. Um, I, yeah, I hate watching this. It is not pleasant. No, no, not at all. But, uh, yeah, we're then basically Christian's about to get surgery, so it's interesting. Interesting. Obviously, Christian is the uh, the patient this episode, and uh, we're finally getting to see. It's similar to the last episode, wasn't it? In a way, with uh, Erica, kind of how you know we sort of not mainly the the huge focus of it, but I guess we really don't get a super focused patient except for third nipple guy, really, do we? 
Um, and I love I love Liz's line when she's like, put your fat noggin on the pillow. Uh, and then Christian's kind of like, you look fantastic. Have you lost weight? And she's like, I don't yeah, think yeah. he's going to stop me from killing you. Um, you know, again, I love Christian versus Liz. It's always fun. But then, you know, again, it always ends up with a nice little sweet line at the end. And then basically in comes Sean. He's saying he can't do it. We've got this, um, he's about to be knocked out. And then we kind of get this storyline of, hey, Christian will help him do surgery on himself, which again leads into another cringeworthy bit when he, you know, she says what? You'll feel the bone break. Now, I, I've never had surgery in my life. I'm just going to say that. And I'm always terrified the day that I ever need surgery. And there's even a storyline in this show where this happens. And this is, I think, what really freaks me the fuck out is that I'm going to wake up in the middle of surgery, feel everything, but not be able to do anything about it. Let alone being awake during it and being completely aware of your surroundings. I realise there are certain surgeries, like when it comes to, say, like brain surgery, I think you have to be awake for it. But, like, it's, it's interesting. Like, I know my sister, when she's had her children, she, you know, has the C-sections. From what I, I've known and heard, like, she's awake during these and like that just it just freaks me out like i'm not genuinely grossed out by things but i don't want to be awake even if i can't feel it but know somebody's like cutting into me that's some freaky shit so this whole sequence kind of really gets me ugh, like i just we're, we're talking about how we're, we're tough guys we don't get cringed on this sort of stuff but yeah this few sequences into this episode i'm i'm losing it particularly with the bone break uh it's it's not pleasant to watch yeah, I, I actually didn't I didn't mind this so much, and I thought it was actually quite a nice moment of the two of them coming together, you know, understanding that they they're both, you know, got had some issues in this episode, but they're kind of pulling together for you know for Christian's own good here, and you know Christian has to trust that Sean's you know, hands are going to be all right through the job, and Sean has to has to trust in, in Christian that you know he's going to let him do this the surgery, and so I think it's just a nice coming together of these two guys who have been at loggerheads during the episode. So yeah, I mean I I do. I think it's quite a nice part of the episode. Obviously, there's a couple of kind of like bits of it that you do cringe when you know when the chisel comes out and stuff like that. That's not nice. But um, I, I, this part was not nearly as hard to watch as when Christian's trying to do surgery on himself. Now, my question again, and this look, neither of us are medical professionals. Clearly, again, I don't know where goldstones are from, but like he breaks his nose, and then that's it. Like, that's all he needs to do. Is that is that what the resetting of the nose is? He's got to break the bridge of his nose or something like that. And then Bob's your uncle, we're done here. Kind of goes back to my point of when he's gone to the doctor or when he's gone to the hospital after this has happened, if it's that fucking simple, why isn't it done? Like, can we please, if we have a doctor or anybody who ever discovers this episode who knows anything about nose rhinoplasties... Tell me how this is a thing, because it seems to be like we've got this build-up, this huge build-up about Christian. He needs to get this done. He needs to get reset and all this sort of stuff. And all that happens is he gets a tiny little break and, whoop, let's put him into recovery. Yeah, yeah. We need, we need a medical expert on this one to explain how it all works. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I think my, my first ever knowledge of the word rhinoplasty, there was an episode of South Park, I think, in the very first um, season. Somebody's rhinoplasty. I can't remember what it was, but um, that's kind of I discovered... South Park, again, a show that educated me like Nip Tuck did, but maybe not for the good when it comes to South Park. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, who whoever knew what an anal probe was until you watched South Park. Um, but, yeah, it's... 
I don't know. I really think we need to clear that one up because that just, that again, little thing that irks me. Uh, but we close it out. Uh, Matt is at the police station with Sean and uh, we get this great little speech basically with Sean kind of, you know, telling him about being a man and all this sort of stuff. And then Sean kind of gets it out of Matt, doesn't he? When, you know, Matt sort of says like, and if I admit I did it, you'll still feel that way. You'll still love me. He's like, no matter what. You know, it's kind of like, well, is that sort of his way of just admitting to his dad that he did it? And then we get in the, the room where he's got to give his statement. You know, we, this guy this is very serious. You know, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and about the truth, so I hope you God. And then basically it ends with Matt saying that, no, I didn't have anything to do with the hit and run. So it's kind of, it's interesting, isn't it? And I don't know, I, I feel we don't get any more resolution. I think this is it. I think this is that storyline done and dusted now. And it's kind of maybe going back to what you were saying last episode about how we never got the resolution to an extent with um, uh, the the couple that we had with Libby in that. I feel like we're robbed of this because it's kind of like where's Sean's reaction to obviously sort of knowing that Matt did it, but here he is lying. And again, I feel this is never resolved. Matt basically perjuring himself. Yeah, I think so. And it would have been nice to to see that a little bit. And um, uh, But I think for me, what's really interesting about this whole thing is that this is where the turn really starts for Matt. This is what I was talking about a little bit earlier is that I think this is where we start to get Matt who, you know, knows he can get away with stuff and is going to get away with stuff. Um, And, you know, this is where it all really begins for me. And I mean, I'm, I'm never really sure what to make of the whole Matt storyline. It's not something that I, that I always enjoy. Um, And yeah, I I don't like where this is going to start to take us with Matt. Um, but yeah, to me, I think the whole thing here is that we're really getting the thing that Matt knows what he can and can't get away with. It's interesting with Matt because he's got a very interesting season and I, th- I feel this season and a kind of, yeah, sort of what you just touched on, this, this really sets Matt's character up for the rest of the show and particularly with one storyline, which is very close to starting it really is kind of what ends Matt as a character when we, we come to the final episode. It kind of comes full circle to that final episode. Um, and, yeah, it's... I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting how we said so much about how Christian could be the most complex character on TV. You know, Sean, we've, we've discovered that. You know, even Matt has so many layers about him too, you know, and it's just... Um, it's interesting kind of noting this, how we've, we've started this whole hashtag poor Matt... Yet, I mean, we really have only had a few instances of that so far, haven't we? So far, it's almost like hashtag Matt, you've done it to yourself again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we might have to change the hashtag. Yeah, I think we need to just keep the Where's Annie hashtag going along. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but there we go. That's uh, episode two of season two, Christian Troy. Uh, a good episode, enjoyable episode. Uh, where are we putting this, though, Nick? Are we renting, buying, or binning? Oh, I mean, that's a tough one. Um,. Oh, man, there's a lot of fun to be had on this episode, but does it get us anywhere, um, you know, that we weren't already there? To me, it feels a little bit like an extension of what we were talking about last time where there's this tension between Sean and Christian. Um, you know, we get some definitely some fun scenes, but I think I'm going to rent it just because I don't think there's any real further development and it doesn't move the story forwards at all. It's lots of fun. You're going to enjoy watching it. You're not going to get bored. But ultimately, if you skip this one, I'm not entirely sure you'd be missing a whole lot other than what we've just talked about with Matt. So I think for me, it's a renter. I am going to go for buy just because I think just on the stuff we get with Christian alone, 
I think he's just really strong with his character. Just it really, just you know, he's all over the place with everything. But it's just it's just Christian as a character. And I think kind of the stuff we even get with Sean, sort of you know the fact that he has this you know moment where he just snaps and rams Douche's car out of the way and just kind of all the stuff with around that. I just think it. I think both of them we get this great sort of you know sequences of them individually and then even together this conflict that we have with them, which I think it's it's the it's the strongest we've had in terms of just how, you know, they've gone against each other to this point in the series. And obviously, as you said, it keeps getting more and more, but, um, you know, I think it's kind of, it's one of these ones that I can easily see as a renter. I, you know, I can easily see it, but I don't know, just from my perspective, I'm just going to put it in the buy it basket. Maybe I've just got a bit of extra cash this week and I just want to, you know, keep this one maybe. Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't argue with that either. I could definitely see where you're coming from with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a close one for me. It's it's certainly not an, an easy decision one way or another. But um, yeah, so I, I certainly uh, I, I I hear what you're saying very clearly. Now, moving on, episode three called Manya Mabika, and I I just can't I can't withstand my excitement, Nick, because guess who's in our next episode? No, it's not Annie. I mean, she probably is. I can't remember it. We haven't watched it just yet at the time of recording this to date it. Annie's definitely in the one after this. But we finally get the introduction. And I tease it, I think, in the first episode, probably one of, if not my favourite side characters. She's up there with Gina in terms of my favourite side character in the history of the show. I'm talking about the one, the only, Miss Ava Moore. Famke Jansen is in this next episode, Nick, one of the main stars of this season. I love me some Ava Moore. I love me some Famke Jansen. I'm going to talk her up so much in the next episode and across this season. You're going to get sick of me talking about her, I feel. I don't even know how you feel about her. But Ava Moore, yes, please, I need more of Ava Moore. Yeah, and it's definitely a fun storyline um, with her. Well, I don't know if fun's the right word, but it's a very um, engaging uh, storyline that we get from her so yeah no i'm looking forward to to talking about that it's something that i haven't seen for a little while so definitely looking forward to to seeing that episode it's, it's interesting I, I would probably argue one of the best twists in television almost i feel we get with ava uh, across this season it's an it's a brilliant uh, takes you absolutely back and i don't even want to hint in any way to what the twist is because i remember watching it i had no idea this twist was coming and uh, it's brilliant. It's an amazing twist that we get with Ava in this season. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun episode. It's a good episode, and we also learn that there's such thing as a life coach uh, in the next episode. So uh, get excited! But we will have that for you here on the Oz Network. Stay tuned. You know you love us, and we love the fact that you love us too. That was a really weird thing to say, but it sounded good in my head. Um, and subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, all the usual channels. If you're enjoying our Nip Tuck rewatch and you're enjoying watching this show with us, send us an email: theoznetwork at hotmail.com. Like us on Facebook. You can, of course send us messages on Facebook as well to let us know your thoughts of it or if you've got any questions perhaps there's burning issues you feel we're not talking about with our Nip Tuck rewatch that you want us to touch on or anything along those lines so uh, keep your eye out for that along the way but as we close this one out for another fun episode and we appreciate your time on this program let's close it out by saying that my name is Ben and I don't usually get so many notes during a performance and I'm Nick, and first come, first serve, why don't you say so? Settle up. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.